It is good to be back, Misfit Universe. But before we get into the latest episode of the podcast, I wanted to let everyone know to please make sure you're reading the description in the podcast episode. Now, it's been shared with me that on some of the uh, streaming platforms, it's not an option to read the description. But if you're able to, please read it as it tells you the time for each segment. I give you a segment breakdown. If you're using the Overcast app, you actually can click on the times and it'll take you directly to each of the segments. Take advantage of this because every now and then you just want to kind of skip ahead. You may have certain parts of the show that you want to hear right here, right now. And I give you that option. So again, if you're able to go to the description, make sure you're reading the description so it'll tell you exactly where to go to hear the part of the show that you'd like to hear. Of course, I want you to listen to the whole thing, but I get it. Sometimes you have a particular thing you want to hear, and that's all good. Your support, no matter what, is appreciated. And now, let's get healed. Welcome to the Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I'm your host, Sensei Raven Ekundayo, and welcome back, Misfits. I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, the 16th of June, which is Father's Day, making yesterday exactly one month since the last episode of the Healing Space. A lot of time away from you guys, <laughs> but you get hit. With two episodes back-to-back this week, Uh, we have this episode, which is us catching up with each other, and then following up with the next black, queer, and unapologetic episode. So you guys go from not hearing from me for a month to hearing two back-to-back episodes. (laughs) So I, I was thinking to myself, what could I make episode 76? What could I make episode 76? And I felt like the best thing to do would be to catch up. Because a lot has happened in the past month, a lot. Now, it's impossible for me to touch on everything because we'd be here for a really long time. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch you guys on, catch you guys up, excuse me, on everything that's been going on with me in my life. Uh, we have a lot to cover in culture of pop, uh, everything from Black Mirror to Pose to the ending of some of my favorite shows to Queen Sugar and. All of these Netflix shows that are going on right now, <laughs> as well as uh, different issues that are going on in society. Uh, we're celebrating uh, Pride Month. June is Pride Month, so we're celebrating Pride. And unfortunately, there continues to be this disturbing, disgusting attack on our trans community. So we're going to talk about that, as well as uh, what's happening in the Sudan with uh, the massacre and the the insane issues that are going on with the 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 dictators there and when you feel like one person is taken out of power there's someone else that slides in these people protesting peacefully believing they're making a change and when someone is ousted they believe that maybe they're going in the direction of becoming a true democracy and no you know it's as if there's one person who's put out who was a radical dictator just for you to get someone else who is so we're going to talk about that as well But first, let's catch up. 
Uh, please make sure that you guys are interacting with me all over social media because I want to know how you guys have been doing as well. A whole month away from each other. You know, I can only imagine if my life has changed quite a bit, you guys have had a lot of life-changing situations as well. So for me, the biggest news would be that I had uh, I've received a huge promotion at my job. So as most of you know, I am a certified life coach. However, at my job... That wasn't something that someone could have without having a degree, you know. Uh, so I was told initially that I wouldn't be able to get that position because I do not have a degree. Now, most people usually assume that I do, pretty much everyone that I meet. <laughs> but that's only because by the grace of God and hard work, I have put myself in a lot of positions where people would normally need to have a degree you know most people seeing me run my own magazine for five years assumed that I had a degree in journalism no I do not <laughs> a lot of people assume that with the work that I do with mental health and everything I have a back I have a background when it comes to mental health and wellness however I don't have a degree so I told myself that I wasn't going to take no you know that that wasn't enough for me especially because I'm a certified life coach uh, I, I didn't go through four years of college, you know, like a lot of other people. I didn't, I didn't pursue a master's degree, but I put the work in. I put the work in and I have years behind me of doing the work. And I felt like that would be good enough and them seeing the way that I work with the kids would show as well. And that's exactly what happened. I stepped up and in the position that I was originally in, I was working with three times the amount of people as everyone who was above me. And I just needed to show everyone that I could do what I needed to do. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I was initially a little offended when I first got the job because once again, the work that I did before going there. But one of the things that I found out about Atlanta is that degrees matter. Uh, and I've said this to quite a few people and I may have even talked about it on the podcast. Uh, up north, with jobs that I received in Maryland and New York, it was all about tenure, you know? How long have you worked here? What what did you put in to this job? You know, down here, it's like you could have been working at this job for 10 years. It doesn't matter to us. What does that piece of paper say? So I felt like I had a serious uphill battle, and it was a little hurtful to me that the work that I put in wasn't good enough. But, you know, I did what I needed to do, and in less than a year... I'm in the position that I wanted to be in. So I give thanks for that. I give thanks for that because my hard work paid off. <laughs> the, the extra money doesn't hurt either. But it just really feels good. And, you know, when word went out to everyone in the organization that I received a raise, well, a promotion, excuse me, a lot of people were confused. And God's honest truth, the majority of them assumed that I was already a life coach. So <laughs> there were some people coming to me like, I want to say congratulations and, and be excited for you, but I already assumed you were in the position that you're in. So what took so long for them to realize that that's where you should be? So I'm thankful. I'm very, very thankful. And in getting this promotion, I'm going to finally be able to put the last piece of my puzzle here in Atlanta in its place. And so I'll keep you guys up to date on that, but that should be happening in the next two months. I'll finally be able to bring that chapter to a close. And I feel like it's funny to, to have been in Atlanta for two years. I feel like when I finally put this last piece of my puzzle in place, a whole new chapter. It's, it's almost going to feel like I'm 
living in Atlanta for the first time. <laughs> I've been here for two years, but this this next step is going to feel like everything is finally in place for me. And it's been a long time coming, Misfits. A long time coming. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, with the exception of a lot of trainings and things that I have to do for this new position. Uh, it, it, because the thing is, a lot of what I'm doing, as I stated earlier, you know the reason why a lot of my coworkers were confused. Nothing's really changing as far as what I'm doing. But because of my title, it's become even more serious to the uh, the local government, you know, uh, because I work for a nonprofit that has a lot of government funding. And so they there are a lot of different things that you have to do in order to be a life coach, because I'm working with uh, a lot of things where in the position that I was in before, I guess it didn't really matter as much. Uh, but now with the position that I'm in, they need to make sure that literally all my T's are crossed, all my dots are, I mean, all my I's are dotted. So I'm up for it. It's going to be a lot of work over the next month, but I'm up for it because I'm passionate about my kids. And uh, it always sounds so funny saying kids because some of the young adults I work with are older than a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> I say kids, and it makes me feel like that, you know, the the 40 that's on its way in a few months, the 40 is real, because I'm saying kids, and you know, it's like 25-year-olds, and I'm like, yeah, kids, but anyway, uh, I take very seriously what I do for all of them, you know, Uh, I definitely don't take it lightly, and I've learned so much just being in this position, There there was a lot that I brought to the position, Uh, or brought to the organization knowledge that I had, but I've learned so much more, so much more. So I'm grateful, you know, I'm truly, truly grateful and I'm excited about this next chapter. So that's what's been going on with me as far as, you know, the, the big news that I needed to give all of you guys. So next up would be my weekend. So my weekend was actually pretty chill. It's been really hectic the last few months, which has been the reason for the pullback on the podcast. You know, uh, I needed to be able to kind of have some time with all of the newness that has been going on between moving to the new area that I'm in uh, to everything that's going on with my job. So I'm thankful that everyone continued to listen to the episode, you know, Black Men Matter with Daryl Taylor and I, because all, all the way up to this point, I've still been receiving a lot of really good feedback from everyone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that that episode for the last month actually held you guys over until now. That really means a lot. So an opportunity to kind of have a more chill weekend was something I welcomed. So on Friday, my friend Rob, he's here in Atlanta. He is uh, thinking heavily, as a matter of fact, it might actually be a done deal now that he's moving to Atlanta. And he and I have a new project that we're working on together. So he came down here to see me and to see his girlfriend, but we wanted to begin to work on this new project, which is called Wrestling While Black. That is a new podcast that's a spinoff from The Healing Space. So for those of you who listen to every episode of The Healing Space, you know that I also have a shorter version of the podcast called A Brief Healing. And on A Brief Healing, I've done several episodes about wrestling. So Rob is really big into wrestling as well. And he wanted us to collab and do something together. So I was like, well, why don't why don't we make this the first spinoff from the healing space? And he was like, that works perfectly. So we're going to do that. And I want to give a shout out to a brother who has been on the podcast before, Sean Moore, uh, an awesome, awesome creative 
who uh, created our new logo. And the logo is fire. I love the logo for Wrestling While Black. And I can't wait for you guys to see it as that podcast also premieres this week. So uh, I'm really excited for you guys to check it out. And uh, later on in the show, I'll give you guys the information for where you can find uh, all of the information that you need to know about said podcast, Rustling While Black. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So that was Friday, us recording the very first episode for that. And that was pretty much all that happened on Friday. On Saturday, there was a lot that was supposed to happen that didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, a lot. Like, literally, my entire Saturday ended up looking totally different from what it was originally supposed to be. Uh, So that was flipped upside down. Everything changed. But I'm grateful because it saved a brother a lot of money. Like, hundreds of dollars were saved because of uh, the change that ended up happening. So I went out eating um, and, and for drinks. I went out to eat and drinks I feel like I'm not saying that correctly. Uh, I went out for dinner and drinks. Is that better? I went out for food and beverages. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, (laughs) With my friends. And that was a lot of fun. Good times. And it was like sunny and beautiful, but yet I was really tired. And I think it was just my body really saying to me, you need rest. So after we all finished, I came back home And I just relaxed because I was like, your body really needs this, you know? So I relaxed and I didn't mean to fall asleep, but I ended up falling asleep for a few hours last night. And so then I ended up being up for a pretty long time uh, last night when I finally woke up. I was like up into the wee hours of the a.m. But then I went to sleep and I woke up this morning and it felt really good to not have to do anything. Like, this was one of the Sundays where I'm supposed to teach yoga on top of Stone Mountain. I teach every other Sunday. However, with it being Father's Day, a lot of people wanted to do things with their dads or their fathers themselves and were doing things with their families. So we decided to hold off until next week to climb the mountain. So it offered me an opportunity, a rare opportunity these days, to just not have to get up in the morning. And I think I may have laid in bed until, like, 11 I mean, naturally, I got up at least twice because my body doesn't really know how to lay still for that long. But I would always bring myself back to the bed and be like, okay, just lay. Don't lay on the couch. Actually lay in your bed and enjoy it for a little while. Uh, One of the things I skipped over from Saturday was that I ended up watching uh, a documentary on the Central Park Five. So shout out to uh, Tommy, who you all are familiar with. He's been on the podcast before. But Tommy actually told me that I should watch the uh, the documentary by Ken Burns first. It's from 2013. He said, if you watch the uh, documentary, it may prepare you better for the, uh, the four-part miniseries. So I shared with him that I wasn't necessarily sure how I was going to receive the, uh, the miniseries because I, I know me and I know that it's going to have an emotional impact on me. And if I could really quick, I want to say this. I find it really disturbing that I've seen people shaming folk for having a hard time watching the the miniseries. That's very troubling to me. Instead of wanting to say to people, you know, take all the time you need. I understand that this may be triggering for you. 
Uh, I, I personally feel like you should watch it. I think that you may be able to really get something out of it. But take your time, you know, maybe one episode a week, maybe one episode every couple of days. But take your time. But instead of seeing that, I've seen a, a lot of shame on social media. And I think that really says a lot about the society that we live in now. Like, I mean, layers, like there's so many different directions I could go in with that, you know, first starting off with the whole idea of bullying and you're not into what it is that I'm into. So I think you're stupid because of it. You know, I was able to watch it. Why is it that you can't watch it? And also empathy, not understanding what other people may have been through or understanding that some may, some people may be more emotionally vulnerable than others. When we live in this society right now where literally everything, people are sensitive about everything, how is it in an instance like this where people, myself included, are like, well, this is going to take some time for me to really be able to get to a point where I feel comfortable watching this. In this society, the ones where, you know, comedians are barred from campuses, college campuses and things of that nature, where the slightest thing you say could get you in trouble and quote unquote canceled you're not showing up for those who are stating that they don't want to see this happen to young black bodies because first of all we already know that it's a reality and it actually took place do i want to see all of this pain on film and even if i am prepared to see it maybe i need to take my time and i shouldn't feel rushed i need someone to explain to me why this is shame worthy because it's 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 been very disturbing to go online to see people responding in this way but again this is the society that we live in it's just very perplexing to me especially because so many of the people who are quick to yell and you know to complain against others and to say how wrong they are for the things they say and do against other people here you are doing the same but isn't that the world we live in so often many marginalized people turn around and do the exact same thing to other marginalized people. It's a tale as old as time. But anyway, I watched the documentary and I can say that even though I knew the story, Tommy was right. Watching that has better prepared me to go into the miniseries. So I more than likely am going to do that later on this evening. Uh, begin, I think I'm going to start with episode one and then hold off and maybe watch episode two tomorrow or something like that. I'm going to take my time. You know, uh, I'm not going to be rushed by anyone or shamed by anyone to finish this. Even saying that sounds ludicrous to me. Like, why, why would I need to be shamed into watching this? Why are there think pieces and videos shaming people for not watching this when pe other people feel like they need to watch it? It honestly sounds insane to me. But anyway, so uh, for today, for Father's Day... What I've done today is that I decided to watch part two of my dear friend Daryl Taylor, who you guys are familiar with over the last month. You've gotten to know him very well if you listened to the uh, last episode of the podcast, Black Men Matter. But he has a, uh, a short film that he created uh, talking about black fathers sharing their stories. And so I wanted to watch part two. And it came out last week, but it took me some time to watch it. And I Marcoed him uh, earlier today, and I shared with him that I think there was a reason why I held off for so long. Because I didn't purposely watch it on Father's Day. This is finally where I was like, sit your butt down and watch. And I enjoyed it. And I told him, I said, one of the things I loved is that I wasn't comfortable with everything that I saw and heard, you know? So we had a conversation on Marco Polo about that. He thanked me. 
You know, he told me that there have been a lot of people coming back at him with a lot of love, which is a good thing, of course, but a lot of love and a lot of praise, but no one's really challenging anything. No one's saying anything that made him uncomfortable, so he thanked me. And that made me feel really good because that's my bro and I love him, you know? And I feel like that would that would create good conversation for us because I wasn't attacking him. First of all, I wasn't attacking anyone, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't judging anything as far as his direction as far as his uh filming it was more so there were people who were on there that were saying some things that bothered me but i said what i appreciated about that is that it opens up an important conversation that needs to be had about child rearing you know so i said that i i really appreciated that because uh on episode one i loved everything everything was amazing to me so i said it was really good that i was able to see this and be like hmm okay i have questions so that's awesome, but I really want you guys to listen to it because I think you're all, well not listen, watch, <laughs> it's a film. Um, <laughs> I want you guys to watch it because these brothers are brave and they're conversations that really, really need to take place. Get into episode one and two, uh, are they called episodes? It's just broken up into parts, part one and part two, <laughs> black fathers sharing their stories you can go to dtaylorimages.com in order to check it out you'll click on keep firing or you can go to facebook and search keep firing and on that page you'll also be able to find uh part one and part two of the film as well again i think it's a necessary watch uh for both men and women but definitely for black fathers and anyone in the black community i think that you'll really be able to get a lot out of it and it, I think it should create conversations for you as well, definitely. So that's what I've done today. Recording this podcast with you guys. Then I'm uh, going to start getting into the uh, uh, When They See Us on Netflix, as I stated that I would. I'm going to make sure that I have this edited and ready to go up as well. And that's going to be my Sunday. So that is everything for what's been going on with me. So <laughs> we're going to be right back with uh, Culture of Pop. Okay, so let's catch up with the Culture of Pop. So there are a few shows that I've been watching. Uh, I watched the entire series. I binged actually What If, which is a show featuring uh, Renee Zellweger on Netflix. So I had seen a commercial for it, but on the commercial, I did they show Renee? If they, if they did, it was at the end. But I, I went into the show assuming it was a very different show than what it actually ended up being. Now, this is going to be a slight spoiler, just slight. So if you don't want to hear anything about What If, I would say skip ahead a little bit. Uh, however, I assumed she was playing the devil in the first episode. In the first episode, I thought it was on some devil's advocate type stuff. And I was like, okay, this is going to be different. So she's tempting people. But as the show went along, I was like, oh no, she's just a regular woman. <laughs> I mean, I think it may have been the first two episodes. Like I was absolutely sure that there was something, you know, like fantasy about this. I don't know why. Just in my head, I was like, I don't believe that this is just a regular show something about her just didn't give me that but yeah yeah uh, and i'll leave it at that i won't give away anything else i think it's definitely worth watching 
I personally enjoyed it myself. Uh, I guess I could understand if some people didn't. Maybe it would have been a little too much for them, a little too much drama. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. And I there's very there's definitely room for a part two. Well, a season two, excuse me. So I really hope that they have one. I hope that they have a season two. I would look forward to seeing it. So that was What If. Then two of my favorite shows on television right now are coming to an end. Uh, one is coming to an end because they decided to end it. And the other one was canceled. So the one that was canceled, I'll do that one first, is For the People. For the People is a show created under the uh, Shondaland banner. I wasn't. I don't believe it's executive produced by Shonda Rhimes. I'm not sure. It, it may be, but I do know it's under Shonda Land. And I loved the show, and I thought that it really hit its stride in season two, which is the reason why I was so disappointed that it was canceled. They hit on a lot of really, really important topics, and they weren't afraid to quote unquote go there. You know, especially when dealing with issues around race. And I really appreciated that. Like, they dug in on a lot of really touchy topics. And when I found out that it was being canceled, that hurt my heart. Because not only did it have really good storylines, but it had really, really good actors as well. And I don't know. Like, I felt bad because I'm looking at all of them like they make a really good ensemble cast. And I don't want to see them in other shows separate from each other. I like the chemistry that they all had together. So it's one of those shows that I wish would get picked up by another uh, network, even if it's a streaming service. But I'm pretty sure because of the kind of show that it is, it won't. And that really sucks. It really, really sucks. So I hope that everyone in that cast gets better jobs. Uh, better, uh, not, I didn't mean to say better jobs. Get, get, get work. Is that what I'm trying? I don't know what's happening on this episode, y'all. <laughs> I think you guys are getting a good idea of the reason why I always write down everything. Because when I talk off the top of my head, things like this happen. But I ha- I hope that they all get work. I really do. Because it's, it's a really good cast. Then, on the flip side, a show that isn't getting canceled, they just decided that it was time to come to an end, is The Good Place. And if you guys remember the episode from last year with BHW and I, where we talked about our favorite television shows, The Good Place was one of mine. It was, uh, I think it was the very first one I said, I think when we decided we were going to start talking about some of the newer shows first, I said uh, The Good Place. And it is, it's one of my favorite television shows right now. And it sucks that it's coming to an end. But to be honest, I guess you could ask yourself, where else could you have gone with the show? You know, Uh, they've traveled in between being in being alive again to being in, uh, you know, in the the bad place to being in, I guess, kind of like a purgatory. And yeah, so they've done a whole lot (laughs) in the fourth season. You're kind of saying to yourself, you kind of have no choice but to be in the good place because where else can you go from here? So, yeah. Even though it sucks that it's ending with with only a fourth season, I can see the reason why they may feel like they don't really have any other stories to tell. I assumed when they ended up back on Earth that they were going to be on Earth for at least a season or two. So when that came to an end, literally within the same season that they they went to Earth, I was like, oh yeah, they don't they don't really plan to draw this show out too tough, do they? But again, a wonderful cast. Uh, Kristen Bell already has Veronica Mars rebooted again on Hulu, so she's good. 
uh, Ted Danson seems to always be able to find another job. So it's the uh, the rest of the cast that I really hope land on their feet and they find something to do because it's another cast where they're, you can definitely tell that they're a family. And so I wish the best for them and I will binge the hell out of all four seasons of The Good Place. The problem is, is that shows like The Good Place that only have four seasons, after a while you feel like they may vanish from streaming services because they didn't have enough episodes. And so that sucks. So hopefully... I don't know what I'll need to do. Maybe I need to buy it on iTunes or something like that. But The Good Place is one of those shows that you don't want to lose. I would definitely want to watch that over and over again. It was just that good. The writing was awesome. So yeah, those are two shows that are leaving. But shows that have returned. So it's summer. So there are several shows that are back. And uh, one of those shows would be Pose. So the newest episode premiered uh, season two. The first episode premiered last week, and I love that the first episode of season two looks nothing like the first episode of season one, meaning they went in a totally different direction where it was more focused on the uh, the women, you know, uh, and I liked that. I like that a lot of people have bigger roles starting from the very beginning than they did last season. Like, uh, I feel like Little Poppy is going to have a much bigger role this time around. So I, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool. And of course, uh, the people who stood out to me in the very first episode would be MJ Rodriguez, excuse me, MJ Rodriguez, Billy Porter, and India Moore. And uh, India, now India had a pretty, a pretty sizable role last season. But what I love about this season is already you can see it's not going in the same direction as last season. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that for the second season, they're like, it's a whole new storyline for her. And I thought that was really cool because they can, they could have continued to try to go in that same direction, but they're like, no, it's a whole new chapter. And I thought that was really cool. I, I love, and this is me not attempting to spoil, so that's why I'm being kind of vague with a lot of stuff. But I, I want to see this continue to happen where, you know, there's a spotlight put on different people according to the season. So, and I mean, the show's good. It's only on episode one, so I don't really know what direction they're going to continue to go in. But I think it would be really cool if just to show love to the entire cast, if every season there's a bigger spotlight put on specific people, you know? So that way, each season, everybody gets to shine in their own particular way. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more episodes. This one, this one was heavy. They, they made sure to give you some light moments as well, but this one was really heavy and it's, it's real. It's real because the, the existence of AIDS is real, you know? So you, you had those moments, but then you also had other moments as well. And I'll leave it there because I definitely don't want to give too much away, but make sure you're, uh, you're catching pose on FX. I believe it's Tuesday nights now. I could be wrong. I think it's either Tuesday or Wednesday nights on FX, but check your local listings and you'll be able to find out. And then next is Queen Sugar. So Queen Sugar is back as well. And this, <laughs> every time I watch Queen Sugar, I just say to myself, is is this show ever going to have like an entire episode that's just happy? Like I understand that it's a drama, but they take that very seriously, the title of drama. 
Because it's like, okay, we're going to give you some happy moments, and then you can be sure that everything is just going to be torn asunder all over again. And that's what happened in the first episode. In the first episode, you get some really good news, and then it's like, oh, well, you know, hopefully you enjoyed that, because here we go with everyone's lives being destroyed again. Because that's Queen Sugar, everyone's lives being destroyed. <laughs> Uh, I think I think last season it ended on a happy note and I I found myself like having anxiety because I was just like can people actually really be happy can we have a season finale where people are actually happy and there isn't a bunch of you know drama and chaos going on so I'm like okay I guess they felt like we made you feel really comfortable with that happiness at the end of the last season so we're gonna come back in and gut punch you um <laughs> but i love the show and you guys should be watching that on own uh definitely check your local listings to see when it airs for you but queen sugar is definitely one of my favorite shows on television i just hate that it's one of those shows that doesn't have a lot of episodes so i think queen sugar usually gives you nine episodes i can't stand it i personally cannot stand it i want so many more but you get an hour, so I'll take an hour over, you know, a half an hour show that only gives you about eight or nine episodes. I'll take that any day. So then there is Manifest. So Manifest is a show that's on NBC, and they're coming back for a second season. There's literally nothing I can say about that show because everything could end up being a spoiler. So the only thing I can say is what they show on the commercial. So... There are uh, several passengers who go up on a plane and during the course of their flight, there ends up being a storm. And when they come down back to uh, back on land, you find out that they have been missing for five years. And that's all I can give you. Um, this show is good, but it's also one of those shows where you ask yourself, how many seasons can you go with this? Because it really could end up being like Lost, you know, where they could find a lot of really unique ways. And and they kind of hinted at that at the end of the first season. They kind of hinted at how they could draw this out longer. And when I saw that, I was like, smart. That was really smart of you. Because my question started to become, how long can you draw this out before it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, well, we can't really do a third season because it doesn't really make sense to the storyline anymore. But when they introduced something new that showed how they could continue it, I thought that was really cool. So uh, Manifest is on NBC and it's on Hulu right now. So before they come back with the new season, get I'll take the opportunity, if you have Hulu, to go on there and check out the entire first season. I think Manifest is cool. Next is Station 19. This is another Shondaland show. It is a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. And what I will say is that I initially couldn't stand Station 19. Really. Like, I thought that it was a waste of time, a waste of space, a waste of television. And I'm like, why does this show exist? Uh, that was season one. What I can say is that season two completely turned me around. Completely. I actually enjoy Station 19 quite a bit. Uh, I, I, with some of Shonda's shows, the first season is always a little iffy and you're like, eh, as a matter of fact, I think I might say more often than not, because even though for the people, 
And I could be wrong. Again, like I said, it could be executive produced by Shonda Rhimes. But even with uh, For the People, I enjoyed the first season, but it was nowhere as good as the second season. It seems like with a lot of her shows, the second season is where it really begins to knock the ball out and um, out the park. And so I really enjoy Station 19 now. I really enjoy the cast. I like the storylines. It's never a horrible thing to have Boris Kojo on my television. So, yeah. <laughs> so for any of you who... Uh, didn't want to watch Station 19 and you hearing that Boris Kojo was a part of it, there you go. There's your reason for watching now. So that's Station 19. And lastly for the culture of pop would be uh, Black Mirror. So I believe this is the fifth season, if I'm correct. The fifth season that premiered and it has three episodes. They only have one other season that had three episodes. I can't remember which one it was though. Uh, And... The first episode of that season is called, of the fifth season, is called Striking Vipers. And it stars Anthony Mackie, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and Nicole Bahari. And, uh, let's see. Anthony Mackie is married to Nicole Bahari. And Yaya Abdul-Mateen is like his best bud from college. And they end up playing a video game together. And the actors who were in the video game, it's very Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter-ish, the video game they play. It's called Striking Vipers. And the actors in that are Palm Clementiev and Ludi Lin. Palm is actually Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy, for those of you who her name might not sound familiar to you. And like I did earlier with what was that manifest, that's pretty much where I have to stop with Striking Vipers. I've been in conversations with some people who have attempted to explain it further. And to me, I'm like, if you explain any further than what I just told you, you give away something from the episode. Seriously. Like, I can't think of one thing I can say to you that wouldn't give it away other than maybe Anthony and Nicole are having issues in their marriage. And that's it. Like, that's where it stops. <laughs> I can't I can't give you anything else. So you have uh, Anthony and his wife are having problems in their marriage. Uh, Anthony and Yaya play video games. And that's it. Like, you don't get anything else. <laughs> to me, personally, anything else will literally tell you a big chunk of the story. So I leave it at that. Uh, hopefully, just hearing those actors' names make you like, hmm, I want to watch it. Or it being Black Mirror and you saying to yourself, Black Mirror with these actors of color. Yeah, it's worth watching. I enjoyed the episode. Now for this, uh, I'm just giving you guys a heads up that there are no spoilers. I'm just letting you know to watch it. However, I want to have a conversation with you guys. So I'm going to say after you watch it, uh, hit me up. Let me know what you think about it. Because on the next episode, well, not the next episode. The next episode is uh, Black, Queer, and Unapologetic. And that was already recorded. Um, but but with the episode after that, I'll come back and we can have a discussion about it. Because people have a lot of really strong opinions about that episode. So I'd like to talk to you guys about it and see, you know, how you feel. So that's it for the culture of pop. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit, like I said, about uh, this being Pride Month and uh, the issues that are going on with the death of many trans people and uh, as well as the uh, massacre that took place in the Sudan. So we'll be back so we can get a little deeper into conversation. So 
I wanted to start off by talking about what's going on in the Sudan. On June 3rd, there were over 100 people killed in a massacre. This was spearheaded by Omar Hassan al-Bashir. Now, I say that it was spearheaded by him, though he was already put out of office before it took place. I say it was spearheaded by him because he had already laid the foundation for this to take place. Now, he ended up being overthrown. He was taken out of office by a lot of people who wanted to see him ousted because of all of the horrible things that he did in the past. People stood up, including women, who for many years in Darfur were treated as less than human. So we reached a point in 2019 where there were a lot of people who were fed up. And there were tons and tons of peaceful protests that took place. So they ended up having him ousted, and I believe that there were probably a lot of people who could see the negativity that was about to come after that. Now, there are a lot of people who probably had hope. Hope that finally this man, who had been in power for 30 years, mind you, 30 years, from 1989 to 2019, he was ousted. So there were people who were probably thinking to themselves, finally, we can become a democratic state. You know, the Sudan can finally be what it needs to be after this man has treated all of us as less than for so long. All of these mass killings and even what it is that he did in Darfur, which I'll talk about a little later on, finally he's gone. However, the issue was that even though al-Bashir was ousted, the people who led him being ousted. Now, of course, those who were, you know, uh, carrying off the people, pro uh, peaceful protests, excuse me, they were able to make their voices heard and their loudness and their fighting against the system played part in the reason why he was ousted. However, it was the military that did the work. They were the ones who ended up truly taking him out of office and removing him from power. Now, the thing is, is that Mohammed Hamdan, who uh, is better known as Hemeti, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, Hemeti, I'll just say Mohammed, um, Mohammed, he actually led the military that took al-Bashir out of office, and that is the uh, paramilitary rapid support forces. Now, they took him out of office, and it's funny how things work, because he answered to al-Bashir. So I guess it may have been a situation where they were working side by side. But in my mind, from everything that I did, everything that I read, the research that I did on this, it seems as though al-Bashir was in control and Muhammad was his henchman. But it ended up being that the military overthrew him. So it was something where I guess behind the scenes the entire time, Muhammad was working toward finally getting al-Bashir out of office and all he needed was for the people to speak up loud enough so that he could do so. So once they were able to get al-Bashir out of office, Muhammad took control and I guess what he decided was now that I've now every now that I've done what I needed to do, now that I'm in control, now that I'm the dictator of the Sudan, I can do away with all of you. So he sent the military out into the streets and they started killing people and raping women. And I believe from what I've read, they said that maybe one one man was raped. I can't remember. Uh, but in reading up on everything, I believe they did say that, that it was one man. Uh, there were hundreds of people 
who were uh, injured as well. And that was only on June 3rd where this happened. As of June 15th, which was a day prior to me recording this, the number had gone up to 118 people that were reported dead. So, this is small in comparison to what took place in Darfur. Now, Al-Bashir actually, now it, it's alleged, it's alleged that there were killings and rapes that went up, that went as low as 10,000 people and as high as 400,000. 400,000 people. Now, Al-Bashir was the one who directed this. However, the person who led this being done, like literally boots to the ground, making sure this was taken care of, was Muhammad. And so you think to yourself, these people who are out here protesting, these men and women who just want to have a change, who want to be able to understand what freedom truly feels like, who want to be treated as actual people, as human beings, who simply want to live in a democratic society where they feel as though they get to have a say. For a moment, they feel like something's going to change. After 30 years, a man is no longer in power. Just for not not only for them to find out that they're wrong and they don't get to have the power that they assume they would have, but then people begin to die because of it. That's horrible. And then you feel for the people in Darfur because you think to yourself, all of these people who lost families. And if we're looking at that number, if that 400,000 is true, whole families were wiped out. And with this being a mental health podcast, all I've been asking myself is, what's wrong? And that's where I go in a lot of different situations. Something as simple as someone, you know, rooting someone in line in a restaurant to something as massive as this. What's wrong? And I'm looking at these two men and their supposed power and I say to myself, what took place in both of their lives that would lead them to believe that taking life is so simple and so easy? I didn't really read a lot of things as far as religion, which more often than not is where a lot of wars come from. In my research, I didn't really see a lot in dealing with religion, but I know that it has to be in there. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, there's, there's something that's not quite right with these men. And the fact that they're so, that they could, they could care less about the loss of life is heartbreaking. And how many people have had to suffer. And I keep going back to how defeated People must have felt to believe that finally, from what I read in my research, people were dancing down the street. There were celebrations everywhere. And then that's when Muhammad decided to drop the bomb. Just killings and rapes everywhere. But the beautiful thing is, is that this hasn't stopped people. You know, if you go on YouTube, if you... Google what's happening in the Sudan, you see that there are still people who are speaking up. People are not giving in. And the reason why they're not giving in is because love does indeed win. I talk about this all the time, but there will always be balance. There has to be. 
So while this is taking place and we we send love and we send light to the Sudan and we think of other ways that we can help in a positive way, we also understand that there are people there who will not be defeated. They kill and they rape and they pillage and people still stand. People won't fall. And what I really love is how many women are standing up boldly, directly in the face of these people who are opposing their freedoms. And they're saying, we won't take it anymore. We need more of that in this country, especially when it comes to standing up for our trans brothers, sisters, and our non-binary family as well. It's Pride Month here in America. And a sad reality is, is that for those of us who are queer, me, I am a cis homosexual man. I quote unquote pass in this society. I can walk down the street and no one would assume I'm gay. You know, this is a privilege, as they would say. But we have a lot of brothers and sisters and non-binary people who are not able to do the same. And the issue that I have is that a lot of us who are minorities, we look down on others, you know? So there are a lot of queer black men who don't create space for transgender people, for non-binary people. They look at them as if they're weird. Now, mind you, I love the term weird. However, in this instance, of course, from their point of view, looking at them, they look at them as if they're an abomination. And I don't get it. Not at this age. Now, I can't lie, we all have our evolution, you know. So when I was in my teens... I have to admit it was something that bothered me, but it was because I was uneducated. I was ignorant. But by the time I was in my 20s, I knew better, you know. And as I'm knocking on my 40th year, I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. This need to destroy the lives of people, to utterly destroy the lives of people, only because you are ignorant and don't care to educate yourself on what it is that you fear, what it is you don't understand. I've seen a lot of very interesting things this month. One of the things being the 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 age-old statement of stop trying to force these things down our throat. And I posted about it on Facebook because I find it to be hilarious, first of all, making the statement to queer people about stop trying to push things down our throat. It writes itself. But also the fact that you say to yourself, that is something that someone who is in the majority would say, someone who is drunk with privilege would say, stop trying to shove your way of living down our throats. However, for those of us who are queer, who are trans, who are non-binary, those within the LGBTQ plus community, we have had to see this all our lives. You know, this cis-hetero love is paraded around in front of us from the time we're born until the time we die. 
but yet we're the ones shoving our quote-unquote agenda down everyone's throats. The problem is, is that so often they spin these lies and people who are in the minority feel powerless. So they give in and they don't fight back and they don't argue, which leads these people to believe that their argument has some validity when it has none, literally none. I let people know that it would be unwise for you to step to me with any of this BS because you're not getting an argument out of me. I will share how I feel and then I'll be done with you because there's nothing to argue. There's nothing to argue saying that anyone like me is shoving our way of living down your throat. All we're doing is living. You're bothered, not us. We're loving. You're bothered, not us. We're happy. You're bothered, not us. We're existing. We're thriving. You're bothered, not us. I speak the names of Zoe Spears, Ashanti Carmen, Dana Martin, Claire Legato, Paris Cameron, Chanel Skurlock, Malaysia Booker, Chinel Lindsay, forgive me if I mispronounced your first name, Michelle Tamika Washington, and Jazlyn Ware. These sisters are no longer with us. They were taken from us. Now, these are only the names that have been put out into the community. These are all the, only the names that we know of. In this large country, who knows how many other transgender men or women, how many non-binary family members are no longer with us and we don't know their names. This is out of hand and has been for a really long time. We don't get to sit back and be silent. We don't. Where do we get off saying to ourselves, we're okay, so why are we worried about anybody else? That's not the way that it works. It's not the way that it should work. When you see a people who are being treated like you were treated, why don't you stand up and say, this isn't right. It, was, it wasn't right when you did it to us and it's not right when you're doing it to them and we're not going to stand for it. How can you be queer and people in your own community are being destroyed are being systematically taken out and you don't care. We need to represent for our people because they are indeed our people. There are still rights that we don't have in this country. And as someone who is also black, <laughs> I have several battles that I'm battling on a daily basis basis how dare i not show up for my trans family for my non-binary family we are in this together because if it was up to them they would wipe all of us out on the episode of black queer and unapologetic i am joined by brothers as we talk about what it is that pride means to us and I hope that you all take a moment to listen to that episode. 
Because where I am right now is in a space where pride looks like a few different things to me. But for this particular episode, what I can say is that pride for me looks like me showing up for my family. I am not going to stand by silent as people continue to use their ignorance and their hate to destroy the lives of beautiful people who simply want to live. This podcast provides me an opportunity to have a voice that can reach out to people all over the world. And that is what I will use it for, to speak out against hate and to tell my trans brothers and sisters, to tell my non-binary family that I love you, that I'm here for you, that I stand with you, and that I will fight for you. That is what pride looks like to me. We'll be back with good news. The Healing Space is a safe space for everyone in the Misfit universe. And I love hearing from all of you. So make sure that you're reaching out to me all over social media. If you're looking to connect to the podcast, that's THS Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Underscore THS Podcast on Twitter and our official website, THSPodcast.com. If you're looking for me, that will be Scorpiogi all over social media. That's Scorpiogi. Please make sure that you guys are subscribing. You're sharing, you're retweeting, you're reposting. Make sure you're getting us out there. Like every episode. This way more people are able to find us and get their healing in. Lastly, for any questions or comments, you can email us at ths at revolutionmultimedia.com. Again, that's ths at revolutionmultimedia.com. Okay, let's get back to healing. And now it is time for good news. So this good news is pretty much just going to be me promoting a bunch of stuff because that's the good news. (laughs) The good news is, is there's a lot of really cool things that are going on right now. So first of all, some good news is that you're going to be able to check out a new Black, Queer, and Unapologetic episode this week. I believe it should be premiering tomorrow. So you're listening to this on Monday. The episode should be going up on Tuesday. That's if you're listening to this actually the week that it comes out. Uh, If you're listening to it after that, then literally the episode after this is just the episode I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm joined by George and JL. And the three of us have a great conversation about what pride means to us. It is a very, very adult conversation. I don't know if I've ever had to stress that with an episode of the podcast before, but we really go there. Like, it's very adult. (laughs) I can't stress enough. It is very adult. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for anyone who blushes off of the, the smallest thing. No, we go in. We go in, so just know that. (laughs) So look for that episode directly after this episode. Black, Queer, and Unapologetic. It's episode 77. The next would be my new podcast along with Rob, which is uh, Rustling While Black. 
So that episode is coming up very soon, the premiere episode. And so that you're up for when that's coming out, when you can be kept abreast, then you can join us all over social media. We have an IG account and a Twitter account so far. On IG, it's Wrestling While Black Pod. You know, like podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. It's just pod. So Wrestling While Black Pod. That's on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's WWB Pod. So WWB Pod on Twitter. So make sure that you are uh, on the healing space, I'll say. Walk with us. On there, I'll say follow. Got to separate your brands. Um, <laughs> but make sure that you're walking with us on both of those social media accounts. And that way you'll know when the first episode actually premieres. Lastly would be what I shared with you guys earlier in the show. And I just want to uh, state it again that I'd like for you all to check out Daryl Taylor's short uh, short film that he brought out, uh, which is uh, Black Fathers Telling Their Stories. And that can be found on the Keep Firing page on Facebook, as well as if you go to dtaylorimages.com and go under Keep Firing, you can find it there as well. Again, very necessary conversations about what it's like to be a father, raising kids, their relationships with their parents, and so much more. It's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So, we went a whole month, a month and a day actually, with you guys not hearing anything about um, about the show. And when I think about it, actually, when this show premieres, it's actually going to be a month and two days. Because I started recording this on... Uh, started recording this on Sunday, but this good news is actually being recorded on Monday. It's a long process to record an episode, Misfits. <laughs> so this actually will be going up on the 17th. So yeah, so it's it's been a minute since you guys heard from me. So that's why I love being able to give you two back-to-back episodes that hopefully will hold you guys over for a little while. Still getting everything uh, lined up properly for my life here in Atlanta. But I think uh, I'm finally at the part where I'm going to have the final puzzle piece. And once that's put into place, I think I can go back to really doing two episodes a month comfortably of the podcast. Uh, while stepping into this new space with my other uh, podcast that I have that's coming up. So please make sure that you're supporting The Healing Space, Rustling While Black, and I have another project that's coming up as a podcast very soon. I love you all. Thank you so, so much for continuing to support The Healing Space, even with these sporadic-ass episodes. (laughs) I appreciate all the love that you guys continued to show Black Men Matter while I was away for a month and all of the, you know, retweets and uh, shares and reviews and the likes, everything. It really, really means a lot. And I know I opened the show saying this, but I want to say it again. Please make sure that you are reading the descriptions because a lot of people have said that they would like to skip ahead at some point during the show. And I give you that option. You just have to look at the description. I give you actual times. And remember, if you all are using, uh, if you all are using Overcast on on the Overcast app, you actually can touch the times. So I know on like SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff, you can't actually click on anything. But on Overcast, you actually can click the number. Like let's say that I give you 
um, a segment at 25 minutes and 22 seconds. You can actually click on that time, 25 minutes and 22 seconds that I have on there, and it takes you directly to that part of the episode. So if you all have Overcast, take advantage of that. But either way, please make sure you're reading the descriptions. They're there for a reason. Thank you so much for continuing to show love to the podcast, as I said before. And I'll see you guys later. Until then, namaste. Namaste.